0: Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to be here with you again. I realized that I've done a couple of topics in other episodes, sort of skirting around this, and I would really like to delve further into how I have healed my period pain and period troubles, menstruation issues naturally. I want to delve into this topic uh, on a number of layers. I want to do it in a bit of a story or journey format so that we go through all the poignant milestones for me as to what's worked, what hasn't, what I've tried. I feel like I've tried the regular gamut, so hopefully this is resonant to some of you. I'd like to briefly remind you that there is a way to contribute to this podcast on coffee. It would mean the world, whether you want to do a monthly subscription for $5 or you want to donate once and buy me a cup of coffee. It makes a huge difference in my ability to continue to do this work and it would mean the world to me, whatever you're willing to contribute. My next step is to buy a professional, cool-looking mic And we did reach our goal already to get the gold membership for coffee so that we have cool extra content features. All right. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug about this show, which I think is awesome. So, heading into what it means to menstruate, I think that most of the, yeah, most of the information, I don't even think I got information. Um, I got my, First period when I was 13 or so, I want to say grade six. I remember I was at a family function. I felt embarrassed. My mom, my grandmother, and my whole host of extended family were there. I went into the bathroom and I was like, what is this? Um, No pain there, but definitely shock, surprise. It was unexpected. I didn't really know what to do. I felt like it was very hush-hush. And wasn't necessarily celebrated, which is interesting if you think about, um, you know, the quinceanera or um, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. I'm going to botch that. I don't know which word is for the woman and the the girl and the boy. Um, But there are lots of coming of age ceremonies. I mean, certainly um, Catholic and Christian religions will have like a confirmation where you renew your faith in religion. And that's sort of, you know around 14 or so. So I mean everybody, and that's not focused on which gender you are. That's for everyone. So it's not, but it's a coming of age sort of story, right? Uh, Which is interesting that I don't want to digress too far, but it's very interesting that religion and culture together, the religion, the culture is based with religion. It's both, you know, spirituality or how we've created these rituals in culture to, in all cultures to acknowledge this rite of passage as sort of entry into womanhood, manhood, adulthood that seems very early for us now because people live with their parents until they're 30. But, and I'm not shaming anyone for that, by the way, it's just we've changed in our life expectancy. And again, that's a whole other topic on what's going on. But I certainly would say there's something for independence. My grandfather left his house at 12. Um, Just too many siblings. And he went on his own mission. And that was tough. And that's probably another podcast episode. Um, His story. And he's fascinating. Maybe we can get him on the show. That would be so fun. Um, So much to learn from that man. Yeah. So I was shocked. I was scared and I didn't really know what to make of it and everyone in the situation just quieted me down I don't know if we found a pad or if it was toilet paper I don't even remember but it was just like here use this like you know just be quiet it's fine and it it was like what this feels like this huge moment right now and I just need to hide in a bathroom stall and then I felt super embarrassed and weird awkward I mean nothing about it was celebratory in any way it wasn't like oh you're a woman now it was like shh be quiet get out of here, (laughs) this is, don't say anything, just, this happened, and I remember, oh, and even, but then it was like, but it was shared in this underground network that women have, where they just, it's like a a beehive, you know, so everybody knew, but just not outwardly knowing, which is tough, and just weird, it was not a celebration, and so, you know, I, I, years of of that. And I don't really think, I don't recall immense pain until maybe a couple years later, like being in high school. So, you know, two, three years, three years later. And I just remember excruciating pain month over month. And I remember my parents being like, what is wrong with you? And me being like, I can't, move, I can't leave my bed, like, this is not, they're like, oh, Kalina, you know, go to school, you're not getting out of school, don't be ridiculous, and me being like, I cannot, and then, of course, right, the, the Western approach, and just, your parents are concerned, and the, the approach is like, okay, let's go to the doctor, like, this is, you know, obviously a thing, and that was after probably a year of this, missed days of school, I remember one day, actually, I went to the office, no, the guidance department, And I remember going there um, and sitting down and just feeling like complete. I I could not for the life of me move. It was like excruciating pain. It's actually funny that these videos now of people putting these like sensors on men and trying to simulate menstrual pain and them just like freaking out. (laughs) It's one of those funny things that's on the internet where you're just like, "What, what? Uh, But but it's interesting. It's interesting to try to relate to people's experiences if you haven't menstruated. Like, you know, some men might think like, what's all the fuss about? You know, it's a monthly thing, it like it's normal. It should just you should be fine. And you know, that's actually probably the thesis of my whole storytelling moment is that yes, you should be fine. It should be, it is normal, it is natural, it shouldn't be a monthly fight with yourself. And yet somehow it is. And we need to look at this because you know menstruation has been happening in many different animals, mammals, um, at least that I know of. I don't know about reptiles and other uh, amphibians. I'm not sure. But certainly in mammals, it's a thing that happens and it's not supposed to be painful. And my core belief at this point in my journey is that my body is absolutely perfect and it's doing things for a reason. So if there's pain, it's for a reason when you get a migraine you're supposed to stop and the only thing that relieves the migraine is when you go into a you know dark quiet room without sensory overload right because your brain is freaking out you need to you need to calm it down by not having sensory overload sights sounds smells um and so when i think about What I did for my body at that time, it was like nothing. It was like push through. The only answer was painkillers for a long time, for a long time. And you think, oh, whatever, painkiller use, right? It's like, okay, just take a Tylenol. No, like Tylenol, so (laughs) back to going to the doctor. So the first time you go to the doctor, they say, okay, take Tylenol. And, you know, take Tylenol a day before so that you like prep your body Your your body will be ready. And then when it comes, you know... Cool. Well, not everybody's regular to know a day before. I mean, I am at this point and I know what's going on, but most people don't know. And even if they do, it's like, okay, so two days, one or two days before, and then for four, five, six, seven days, if you're bleeding, like that's like a week, a month more, give you know, give or take. It's like a week, a month. That's 12 weeks a year like 12 weeks a year that I'm going to be on painkillers. And people are like, ah, you know, I mean, people pop them for headaches. Like, well, who cares? Well, I do. And there's a huge reason for that, which is that painkillers need to be filtered and detoxified by your liver. And that's an additional strain on top of everything else. And if you drink on top of that, and I'm not here to give a sermon, like I certainly drink uh, alcohol in my day, <laughs> back in my day, not anymore. Um, but, you know it's a big taxing load on your body to detoxify every month for a week when by the way biologically your period is meant for rest renewal and detoxification like your, your body is there literally renewing itself it's a rest and renewal phase of your cycle and so just like cycles of the moon and that's why we sort of liken And sometimes women's cycles actually link up to the lunar cycle, which is another interesting tangent. But, you know, it's like we have cycles as women that men don't have. And so it's different. We are different, you know, and I don't even want to go down the discussion of like equal versus, you know, like this equality, equality of outcome versus equality of opportunity discussion. It's like, okay, women and men are different. Biologically speaking, we are different. And that's just a fact. We don't have the same bodies so you know if that's offensive okay but we do we have different bodies like if i don't know when we've gotten to a point it's it's a scary society when i have to think about the fact that i'm saying that women and men are different biologically and that to be questioned or to be controvert like to be somehow offensive i i can't i don't even understand that but anyway okay um So you go to the doctor, right? And you're like, okay, well, I want to be normal, quote unquote. And normal means that when I get my period, I can do everything a man can do or everything I can normally do. I don't want it to affect my life. That's what people, right? Just want to live my normal life. So give me something that lets me live my normal life like I would day in, day out and doesn't affect me, like consciously doesn't affect me, right? Because painkillers affect you. Um, And so, okay. When the Tylenol doesn't work or stops working or isn't enough and you're on the floor. I remember one day waking up. This was in my 20s. But waking up and literally going and being on the bathroom floor. Bleeding. I was in a onesie actually. I'll never forget it. I had been to a Christmas party of all things where we were. At a reindeer onesie. Okay. TMI. I don't know. I warned you this is about my period. Uh, So on the bathroom floor and I could not move for the life of me. I was lightheaded. I was sprawled out on the bathroom floor. And it's astounding when you start actually looking, like researching this and you see that so many women have been through this. Like it's not, this is not like, oh my God, that's like severe. No, women are hospitalized over this. Their periods regularly. And you're like, what? Like how could, you know, again, this is a natural process that happens every month, like month over month over month. I mean, how many periods do you think you have? How many? Like, you're talking about month over month from 13 to, what, 50? 55? Like, we're talking about 40 years, give or take. What? And, and, and we're going to go through agony every month? Obviously. That's not what our bodies want for us. So, fine. Painkillers are not the answer. So I go to the doctor when I'm, you know, 16. And it's like, okay, well, we know what we're going to do. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Well, first of all, we're gonna put you on birth control, That's it's gonna minimize your period, it's going to r- make your cycle regular, which it already was, it's going to lessen the pain, you're not gonna feel, you know. And then, on top of it, don't worry, we're gonna prescribe you painkillers. So, now, naproxen, which is even stronger version, it's like similar to Tylenol, but you know, like an NSAID, um, non steroidal anti inflammatory drug. And... Take this, like, don't worry. And these pills are, like, huge. And I'm going, okay, what, like, this can't be better. Like, I'm 16 and I got to be medicated every day? Like, that's not, what did they do 100 years ago? And you could argue, well, 100 years ago, healthcare wasn't as good, you know, advancements of science. Like, I'm privileged as as a woman living in this time to have birth control be an option to me. I mean, we could go down, you know, people say that birth control is one of the best inventions that came out known to man because it's changed the way that women have control over their birthing possibilities right it's like with birth control i can decide that i don't want to get pregnant because i can take the pill and so it makes me as a woman in control okay sure that, like i can take that rational discussion let's talk because everything is risk reward right nothing comes without risk which is fine. That's just life. Like life inherently you walk out of your house and there's a risk. There's a risk in leaving your house. There's a risk in staying in your house. There's a risk in sleeping all day. There's a risk in not sleeping at all. Like we live in this society where there's some sort of idea that some things are not risky because they're socially accepted, because they're endorsed by a certain party, because you think, you know, you want it to be the case we're such emotional beings you know it's like we are so guided by emotion on so many levels it's not always rational that's why so many things are divisive 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 (laughs) as they are because we run off of emotion and not fact and we're not willing to change our opinion even if we're presented new facts but anyhow there's a risk inherent to anything you do so okay i'm 16 i don't think about risk reward i don't care the doctor tells me i can take this all right let's take this thing um you know, I, I was not having sex at the time. I just I wanted a solution. And so whatever your reason is. Okay, recording got cut off. Whatever your reason is for starting birth control at 16 or 18 or 29 or 34, or whenever you start, um, I really hope that you're making an informed decision. And informed doesn't mean one doctor tells you it's a good idea. Informed means you do research on your own from multiple sources. You know at least three was always the standard when we were in schools. Like just find three sources. I remember when we went to the library, we'd go to the library. Gosh, I feel data just say we would go to the library and find books and have to cite three, five, ten books. And like, you'd actually have to have a source backing what you, what your, what your assertion was, what your thesis was and what your points were to bolster your thesis. So You know, I'm glossing over this point, but actually I really, really want to emphasize this because it makes me very passionate when I think about it. Doctors do their best, but that doesn't mean that they know all the options on the table and they certainly don't know your body better than you. Nobody knows your body better than you because you're in it day in and day out and really great doctors that I've worked with in my life. They agree with that and that's why they sit and they listen and they're so brilliant because they will—they actually want to ask you questions and they want to have you describe as much as possible about the different areas of your life, not just the symptoms in one region because they're focused on a certain thing, right? So, okay, you're with the doctor and she says, yep, yeah, no, you're fine, just go ahead. And I remember feeling like okay, like I felt like I I was doing something wrong. I mean, I was 16 making this decision, no parent with me, I was by myself. It's like, really? Like, is this, is this allowed? I was there alone. You know, in retrospect, like that should be absolutely, you you should need a parent or guardian. But you know, when I think about it, so many parents and guardians don't necessarily even have the, they're not even equipped necessarily to begin asking these questions either. So, you know, I think as a a whole, like we need to ask questions about the medical system. And I'm not saying that pharmacology, pharmaceutical interventions don't have their place. I'm saying that the lasting implications of SSRIs, like antidepressants or painkillers, birth control, they're real. The current effects when you take them and then the lasting effects, the time that they linger in your body, altering your hormones chemically, like that's a big deal for your body. It's artificial, and so it enrages me, actually, that I was 16 and making a decision about my life that would affect me even now, right? I was making that decision at an age where I didn't consider three sources. I didn't consider anything. I just knew that other girls were taking it my age, and you know what? I started on the journey, like a true journey of hell, because it was Yasmin, Yaz, Aleve, Tricyclin Low. Um and more, I can't even remember that, like so at least four. And that's not rare. That's actually very common that girls have to try. Um, there's actually a friend of mine who's running a startup to help women find the right birth control. she's she's cool um, or contraceptive, I believe it's not even just birth control. I' have to double check on that, but she's really cool, Dallas based in Vancouver. Um, I love women doing like with startups that are, meaningful I mean people that have startups that are meaningful but there's something about women tackling women's health that makes me so happy because of the challenge that I have faced in my life and this particular topic that's not talked about enough like it's still there's so many people that are getting on board there are companies that are doing these like uh, you know uh, sustainable pads or they want to talk about birth control options and they're trying to bring light to this but there's still not enough discussion. There's not enough light being shone on natural intervention. So I'm going to post it again. This is like the third time I'm referencing this video, but it just, I can't stress it enough. There are natural ways to heal your cycle. Dr. Christian Northrup is another one who wrote a book about a woman's body's wisdom. It's like your body is smart. When you get a cut, you don't have to take anything i mean you could disinfect it that'd be probably a good call, you know good call depending on how you got the cut and that's useful right so i'm not i'm not trying to like i'm not sitting here saying i don't like science like that's not it i'm sitting here saying our bodies are brilliant and a lot of the time they can self-heal and sometimes it's like if you go to a bagel shop the guy's going to try to sell you a bagel because that's what he has if you go to a doctor that has pharmaceutical interventions they're going to look into their cabinet and say, okay, here's my range of options. Here's what I offer in this store, you know, in this place. Like, you can't go to Home Depot and buy lipstick. Maybe you can, but <laughs> the last time I checked, right, it's like they don't have that in their toolkit. And so you are going to get, even if it's the best, you know, the doctors, again, we, we started with the assumption that people are, and doctors are doing their best. Like, people have positive intentions, so I'm not here attacking anybody for their profession. I'm here saying people will give you what's in their toolkit because they want to help you. So you come and you say, I'm, you know, I'm having trouble with this thing. And they look in their toolkit and they say, all right, well, here's what I got for you. You want to try this? You want to try that? You want to, you know? And when it's all pharmaceutical interventions, that's the range of options you're going to get. They might not say, you know what? Why don't you go home and rest and apply heat and perhaps change your life to to flow with your flow to you know to move with your cycle. That's not profitable which whole other discussion, but but it's it's not mainstream and it's definitely not revolving around pharmaceuticals, which is what's in most doctors' toolkits. So okay, I go on this journey starting at 16, ending at around 21, 22, 23, I'm not entirely sure, years later. Of four different birth controls, which by the way, made me, didn't matter which one, did not matter a less. God. They all, every single one, made me emotionally, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, more than your cycle already is because we experience natural hormonal fluctuations, which is fine. And we do experience mood shifts and we have different phases. A great book I've mentioned before Woman Code, Elisa Vitti, um, that's one. Christiane Northrup's book, another one. Um, And then this talk from this Indian woman, but let me not jump ahead. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 ish. Like, you know, don't know to the day, but constantly, you know, on and off, testing it out. It's not working. The one thing that got me, the one thing that got me, if you're going to take a pill for something right, natural or otherwise, but you want that thing to cure you. Right, like the idea is that this will fix what your problem is. This is the magic pill, right? This will fix you. Every time I've gone off of birth control, using birth control as the solution to my pain, debilitating pain, is in cannot work, cannot do anything. Any time I have done that, and I go off the pill, all of the pain, all of the symptoms return. So, what gives? is it actually solving my issue? What is my issue? Right? I'm going on birth control to what? Okay, not, have a, not get pregnant when I don't want to, but then also to lighten my period, reduce PMS symptoms, pre symptoms, symptoms, um, and to reduce pain, apparently fix your skin, maybe, maybe not. Some people get really crazy acne, like it just depends on your response. But those, those are some of the reasons why women commonly go on birth control and I was no different, right? For me mainly it was the pain. I was going, "Oh my goodness, like I can't take this month in month out and be normal." Quote unquote. I can't I can't deal with my cycle and I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know who to talk to. It was so normal to be on birth control that there were no other options in my head. But as I'm saying, you take the magic pill, but nothing is fixed. So what's the deal? You you go off of the pill and the problem re- resumes it it surfaces again and so was it just a band-aid solution similar to the painkiller was a band-aid solution or was it actually solving my issue that somehow resurfaced but but it did solve it it's like i believe that i was dealing with the symptoms and not the root cause and so this is a big distinction that i'm finding in the medical world but actually even emotionally um even as a when you think we often think around issues rather than at the core of them. And so what I'm focused on mostly in everything I'm doing is to really identify the root cause. And that's, entire, that's absolutely challenging because sometimes it feels, oh no, this is the root cause. And it's like, wait, no, that's my ego. I'm being completely self-absorbed. No, it's this. No, wait, that's you know, still kind of this ancillary issue. It's not, the, it's not the core focus. Okay, no, it's this. And so identifying the root cause of something medically or otherwise, I think is so important. I cannot state it enough. Why? Why, why, why? You know, there's this, there's this idea with coaching and certainly not, you don't have to be a professional coach, but like there's a, you know, seven whys and you kind of keep asking yourself the question until you get very, very clear on what it is because your first answer is often not the, not the best one, but also often not the core of the, you know, the heart of the matter and so I asked myself, I said, okay, like why, 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 why? And then I found that video. And again, the, you know, this Indian woman, but there's more to it than that. Like this has been, again, of still on birth control going, what is up? This is making me emotional. I feel like, you know, I gained weight on birth control. Then I would lose weight. Like that's a whole other episode on just women feeling completely, oh man, like beholden to some number on a scale which you know there's some validity to you know like but again this is a whole other topic we should probably get an expert in to talk about this i can only share my personal experience as i'm doing now i will say that sometimes personal experiences and personal stories are more valuable than an expert in the sense that sometimes experts are biased actually often there's an expert bias phenomenon and sometimes they miss things because they're so entrenched in their way of thinking and their research. And it's interesting. Sometimes you can talk to a, an expert medical or otherwise. And then you say, you know, I I found this study. Like, what do you think about it? What do you think about this opposing view or different view? It's like, Oh, I haven't read that. Or I don't know about it. Or I'm not willing to consider that. Or, um, a good, a good professional of any sort will say, Oh, wow. You know, haven't read that. would love to look into it. I can read it and give you my thoughts. Um, if they haven't seen it before like that to me is commendable when someone simply says, yeah, no, like not a thing. Don't worry about it. Like that. Oh, when people tell me, don't worry about it, man, that's one of those, you know, when people like calm down and you're just like, what? Like, no, you are making this 10 times worse. It's the same thing from you. And people tell me, don't worry about it. It's like, hang on. Are you going to undermine me completely? Or just like 90% because I am not going to calm down. I'm aware that this is not feeling right. And that not feeling right thing is so critical. I can't, again, this episode, there's so many things where I, I know I'm being a bit preachy, but it's like, man, do not let people convince you out of something you know to be true. It's like something's up here. Something's up in my body. And it's like, nope, you're fine. Do you know how many doctors have sent you home? I, I won't even go into the current issue because I know that the health care systems in many countries are overburdened. And so there's this almost scripted answer of like, nope, you don't need to, you don't need one, two, three, so go home. And it's like oh my god just because one person tells you something does not make it fact even if they are a professional even if they are in the government even if they are i don't care who they are one person alone is not the end-all be-all which is why even this right i'm not the end-all be-all i'm one person giving you one perspective and i hope that you seek out more if any of this resonates like go seek out more you don't have to have painkillers you don't need to be on birth control. If this is something that concerns you in the long-term of the long-term implications, or if you don't particularly like it, or you would like another solution and you haven't found a way out yet, there is another way. There are many other ways, but there's one way that has worked for me. Some people have found huge, huge help with acupuncture. Some people, like in Woman Code with Elisa Vidi, um, they alter their diet. Others find relief with supplements. My goodness, the amount of money, time, effort, I was taking maybe 20 pills a day. My thesis remains true. Your body knows what it's doing and your body can heal if you let it. So even supplements are good for a time, but not forever. And I don't always think they're necessary. And I think we over medicate period natural or otherwise. I think we're constantly looking for something that external that's going to validate or fix Whereas we often have it within us if we just leave our body alone and give it the one thing it wants, which is rest. Rest in order to rehabilitate, rejuvenate. And you know, water, obviously, is a thing <laughs> that you need. So, okay, fine. You're telling me that all the pain... All of the strife that I'm going through, all of the issues that I have that doctors say are uncurable, endometriosis, PCOS, any kind of ovarian issues, fibroids. Like one, doctors are telling me that it's normal. A lot of the population has some sort of issue. So I'm in good company. Do you want to be in, good, in that company? Do you want to be in that group? It's like just because other people have an issue. Lots of people have cancer. And I'm not trivializing this. There are a lot of people in the world with cancer. It is... I mean, don't know. It's huge. Okay? More cancer in Ontario than COVID. For sure. I know this for a fact. There is cancer going on everywhere and it's scary. I'm not trivializing this. I mean it. So... You don't want to be in that camp if you don't have to be. You don't want to be in an endometriosis camp if you don't have to be. Like... Attaching yourself to that and putting yourself in a community saying, yeah, we have, you know, it's like, no, we we want to be healthy. Like, we want to be well. So me saying, oh, man, I have this issue and I'm just stuck with it felt like the wrong move. It felt like this cannot be the resolution that I'm just going to make, you know, a support group for myself and have this issue from 13 going on 30, like going on, you know, all the way to 55. It's just going to be hell. And then you talk to other women and a lot of them will just commiserate with you, right? It's like, oh yeah, it sucks, I know. And that validates even further, which is so sad because it's all about the circle you put yourself in. Again, if you go to a community of women who have a natural and beautifully occurring cycle and they rust, it's like, that, then you're abnormal. And so we'll put ourselves into communities that make us feel normal with the issues that we have so that we feel better about ourselves because we're in good company. But again, is it good company? I don't want to be in that company, I want to be in a healthy group of women, I want to have a normal cycle, I want it to be filled with ease, and rest, and rejuvenation, and what it was intended, and so, you know, the counter-argument can be, well, feminism, it's like, well, you want to take away women's rights, you want us to, there there are these horrific practices happening in parts of Africa where women are locked away in huts with, you know, no ener- no electricity, like they're just Put in this hut, away from everybody and secluded. You know, it's it's almost torturous. Like, what's this is awful. And I would say, we it's all framing, it's all context, it's all point of reference. It's like, okay, I'm I'm not saying that that might not be challenging, and that there are women that don't want to do that. And certainly, I'm not wishing anyone to have something opposed on them that they don't believe in. Which, by the way. We have impositions in our daily lives that are imposed on us that we might not believe in, but we have to go along with them. Or do we? Another topic. We can choose. We can choose a lot of things in our lives. We're lucky. We do have choice. We just need to know what's important to us. But okay, so look, it's important for me to not be on pharmaceuticals. Because I don't want to rely on a pill every day. I don't want to burden my liver and kidneys more than I already have in my life. The doctors don't recommend you to be on birth control 10 years plus continuously for whatever reason, right? I mean, it's it's not good for your body to be altered in that way chemically for so long. There are also, of course, options with an IUD, like a copper insert, also super intrusive to me, I don't want a foreign object in my body 24 hours a day, 7 days a week so some of these interventions are super aggressive and even if we don't consciously notice them all the time, they are affecting our bodies, everything, even the you know latte you have for in the morning, like everything affects our body chemistry the moment that we consume it on our skin or otherwise if you're consuming something, if something is entering into your body, it is indeed altering you your physical body anyway and so I really went on a search, right? No birth control's working. I'm going, there's got to be a better way. <sighs> yoga helped. Some yoga postures helped. Supplements were just... They didn't work for me, personally. Um, and I know other women who've had the same story. Dietary changes. I've been gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free. I was vegetarian for a time. Uh, vegan, raw food. Like I've just been through the gamut of trying to control what I consume. And I'm not saying... Again, I'm not like, first of all, I don't think we should identify with our nutritional choices as if it's like a manifesto or something. I mean, I think it's a choice what you eat, but that's a whole other, (laughs) that's so many different things to talk about here. Um, But to wrap this up so that we stay in a relatively reasonable time frame. It has taken me 16 years, give or take. To sort out that what I needed to do was not something external, was not dietary, actually. Although certain things help. For example, I can say that not drinking alcohol, not drinking caffeine in and around my period or at all. I, I'll only have decaf sometimes nowadays, but um, I've, I've actually, I have friends that removed caffeine out of their diet only. That was the only thing they did and they resolved severe thyroid issues. I've had people that I know remove caffeine and alcohol and completely resolve. It it is a matter of you know what your what your constitution is of your body and what's going on. I certainly again I'm not an expert, although I'm I'm working on it in some capacity. I am in a functional medicine course now because of my interest in this area, not just with menstruation, but our bodies and how how much can our bodies heal on their own and what time is there for medical intervention? Because again, I think that. We should absolutely respect and work with the medical profession. I'm I'm not here to denigrate anybody's life's work. I'm simply here to say that I don't believe necessarily in all pharmaceutical interventions. And I don't believe that a doctor is the only professional that you can see. There are other professionals with different toolkits that can support you. That might align better with your philosophy, the intervention you're willing to use at this time. uh, If you've had multiple stints, multiple... Uh, rounds with birth control and realized that hey you know what it's just not it for me I want to do something else um, there are other ways and so I would say that again the road of salvation the kind of turning point for me was when I try to think of like what was the moment it was very recent actually I started getting on this trend like I remember running a yoga retreat in, uh, not yoga, a business retreat. We did some yoga, but a retreat in Thailand. That was 2018. Wow. End of 2018. Long time ago. End of 2018? Maybe end of 20. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry. (laughs) Crazy. Time flies. Uh, So a business retreat, some women. And I remember... I got my period during this retreat and I was, I remember sitting in the shower, sitting in the shower, just holding the the shower head on my stomach, probably, I want to say an hour, no, I did not conserve water. I could not, and I remember I wanted the hot, the water so hot, it was like, skull, Like I was, ro- my skin was red, and I was so, I, I didn't know what to do with myself, and I just remember thinking, something needs to change, like, I can't take this anymore, and that was one of many, I mean, this was a monthly thing, right, you gotta think, like, monthly, I'm having these reckoning moments with myself, where I'm like, oh, I can't take this anymore, month over month over month, every single month, right? maddening at some point like absolutely just what sane person would continue to put up with that right and so like i said supplements dietary changes what i noticed was if on the day of my period i took a nap i didn't have pain during the nap so it's like oh well nice for you to say like what are you what are you trying to say i should just sleep for four days a month it's like well, no, uh, probably not. That might impede a lot of things. But what I can say is that I am now, which and it's challenging. Look, this is not for the faint of heart. It's about boundaries. Um, it's, at times it can feel maybe a bit isolating or entitled depending on who's in your social circle and your family, who you live with, what your job situation is. Um, huge reason why I went into entrepreneurship was because I ne- I knew I needed days off for my period. But now the way i'm seeing it is not like sick days but rather like rest days which are very different right rest versus being sick it's like i'm not sick i'm just my body's doing something natural that it does every single month it's like that's not sickness right because it's supposed to be there and it's supposed to repeat so month over month and some days you know i try to plan it out i track it some days it you know it happens that it's a day early or late if it's on a weekend i mean. My luxury is that I can work on a weekend. So if it happens to be, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, like usually I'm finding I need to take four days personally. If it's Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday or, you know, whatever the case is, it's like, you know what, that's what it is. And I know that people will say, yeah, but I have kids. I have all these responsibilities. I'm a single mom. I have multiple kids. Like I can't pay for daycare. You know, this is some sort of elitist. Like I'm just supposed to take a vacation four days a month, like, who do you think you are, um, and I know, (laughs) I know, it's, it's almost crazy, you know, we should just be normal, it's like, you know what, this is, this is the most feminist thing I can think of, which is honoring the feminine process, the feminine physical process, it's actually, (laughs) it's the most honoring thing you can do, and so if you have kids, if you have responsibilities, I mean, I don't have kids, I have a dog and husband, and a a couple businesses and stuff to do people to manage and um, I am not going to be useful to you if I don't do this so it's more important to me to take care of myself so that I can be myself when I come back than to try to muzzle through because A, I make poor decisions B, I'm not kind as kind as i could be i don't want to talk to people i want to be alone i actually naturally feel myself retreating wanting to be by myself wanting to take it easy perhaps consuming some content reading the book i wanted to read um in the indian more ancient way of dealing with this an ancient it's like not that ancient it's like a couple hundred years ago that it was more common but you had community number one so you had aunties uncles people around that could help with the child care if you had children and that was really important and i think we've lost that it's quite sad lots of people talk about this i'm not the first but an important concept if you have a partner great if you don't I, I get that so if you have a partner rely on that support make it part of your schedule find ways to support it obviously you can't time it to be a weekend can you make up time from work on a weekend other you know otherwise can you make an arrangement and now it's like, okay, so what I'm proposing is a radical shift because if I just do this, I'm one person, I'm not that important, who cares, right? One person, but I'm proposing that 50% of the population do this, right? Or the percentage of the population that is having issues with le- which let's say is 10% or 20%, whatever, whatever percent you want to give. But ideally, let's say 50%, we want all women to honor their cycle, take it easy, um, Again, in the, in the Indian way of handling this, it would be, you know, that you're not cooking, you're not cleaning. They have even more strict um, guidelines and for many reasons and the video that I've cited many times will explain a lot of them because some of them seem maybe, uh, I don't know, antiquated and irrelevant, but there are purposes behind all of the indications that they give. The biggest one, and again, I haven't mastered this, but it's, I would say, improved my symptoms by 80%, like easily 80%. And the indication is solely take it easy. Don't redesign your kitchen. Don't do all the laundry that day, at least the first day, at least, at least the first day. So if you can't go and take four days because you think it's too radical, which by the way, we've seen in the past year and a half that anything is possible. If a government mandates it, people are willing to change or not willing. People, yeah, people change in, you know, day over day, an entire economy can change. So if this is important to you, you can change. This got to the point where I felt I didn't even have a choice anymore to change because nothing was working. So if you feel desperate like I did, then I really hope this provides some solace that you're not in it alone whatsoever, that this is often normalized, which is so sad because it shouldn't be normal to be in excruciating pain and that the common solutions are not necessarily the only ones available to you. And if they work for you, great. And if you trust that, and if you're okay with the alterations that are happening in your body because of the chemically derived hormones, okay, I would encourage you to check out the different Ramifications, both long-term and short-term, the different organs that it's affecting, how it is when you get off, how long is the, how long, it's like a smoker, right? So, I mean, my grandfather was a smoker and he didn't smoke for 30 years and still when he had lung scans and he had pneumonia as an older man um, approaching death, they knew, he, they, the doctor came and I remember them saying, you're a smoker, aren't you? It's like, what? I haven't had a cigarette in 30 years. It's like, yeah. But I can see it. I can see there's permanent damage. There's permanent damage on your lungs from choices that you made because choices are cumulative. That's why diet's so interesting. You don't see the effects of one cigarette, one drink, or one piece of cake, right? You don't see that. But it's it's everything is cumulative in life, which is so... Knowledge is cumulative. Your network, right? Fascinating. You can meet somebody... I mean, oh my God. Like, ways I've reconnected with... I, I played soccer with a girl like, literally 20 years ago and to reconnect with her 20 years later about business it's like what we played soccer together uh everything in life is cumulative uh that doesn't mean that you cannot move on from your past absolutely not but what i'm saying is that you're continuing to collect things and you can dispose of things that don't serve you but you know, you continue to collect stuff, which is fascinating. And health is no different. It's a cumulative thing. And so, yeah, it might be a radical thought, but can you talk to your manager? I mean, you've got, if you take off 40 days, sorry, 40, if you take off four days a month, first of all, weekends are theoretically eight days a month, right? So you're just trying to time it. So can you flex, which by the way, if you're a freelancer or any kind of professional, I mean, people have busy seasons, whether you're an accountant, lawyer, whatever, right? And so the challenge, I think, in all of this is that sometimes our bodies don't line up with our professional lives where it's like, nope, I have this presentation today. I remember I I shared this story already, so I'll keep it brief, but essentially I had a huge pitch. Um, it was the first day of my period. I remember being in a bathtub again, really hot water, scalding hot. I was like lightheaded, but it was the only thing that would stop the pain. That wasn't like a crazy painkiller. Um, and so, so ironic, right? You're like, Oh, why are you having this pain? It's like, well, you're pushing your body too hard. Hello. Like it's very, you know, when you look at it externally and you examine the situation, you're like, wait, I'm super stressed out. I have a big presentation. My body's trying to go through this whole process. That's really a big deal. And then what? Why is this? Why are you in pain? It's like your body's telling you to stop. If you break your knee or your arm, there's a hell of a lot of pain. Why? It's like, okay, I won't move it, right? Don't touch it. Don't move it. Let it heal. Let the bone heal. You might put a cast on it because you want to keep it in place, but then you want to let it heal. If you touch it, it's tender. It's soft. It hurts because it's going through something, right? It's like, oh, careful. And so we ignore these careful messages, these rest messages, these, hey, I'm trying to heal something. I'm trying to go, I'm going through something here. We ignore these messages over and over and over again because our professional obligations, our social lives, they dictate that, hey, you should be on 24 hours a day or, hey, this client needs something. So suck it up. And again, I'm not here to say don't have professional responsibility. I remember Someone recently telling me like, if you don't take this seriously, no one will take you seriously. And I just thought, yeah, no, I, I'm so committed to what I do. I care for my clients. I care for the people on my team. I care for people immensely. And I care for me because I can't care for other people immensely. If I'm an asshole to myself, if I'm an asshole to myself, I'm going to be an asshole to other people because I'm resentful. I'm contemptuous. Even I'm pissed off. Okay. Okay. So no reason to be an asshole to myself because everybody else is going to experience the brunt of it. And we see this, right? We see this in people that perform exceptionally well, but if they're doing it from a place of obligation, resentment, guilt, then, hey, there's always a flip side. No free lunch. Another podcast. <laughs> um, so, you know what? It's like, yeah. Taking four days off a month might sound radical. Maybe start with one. Watch the video, maybe. Starting with that, if it's not that, try it on a cycle where it's a weekend. But the thing is, is that it's not just about those four days. That's kind of the going forward or the next step that I am still in progression with. But I'm finding it's like, it's also about what you're doing for the 26, you know, whatever. Some people say the average cycle is 28 days. So let's just say 28 days, four of them. So... 24 right so what are you doing the other 24 days if you're menstruating for four days if you're bleeding for four days what are you doing the other 24 days because it does impact and that's where elisa Vidi and everybody around diet and decisions and caffeine and alcohol it's like those 24 days are leading up to four days and they do impact what happens on those four days because your body is essentially cleaning itself right it's it's renewing itself so it's renewing if you've got a lot of stuff to renew if you've got a lot of baggage going on in those 24 days those four days are going to be harder i'm not discounting that but what i do know is no matter what i've done in those 24 days if i know that i've got four days off no emails no worries no laundry no cooking and by the way if you don't have someone to cook for you which i I will just pre-cook i might i might order in something if i didn't have a chance but honestly, for four days, like make a couple soups, make some stuff you like. They do recommend on the Indian side, um, very simple diet. So you may not want to pre-cook rice too far ahead. It's better fresh. But, you know, if you can make like a, a dal or something, make like lentils, pre, pre-do it, and then just make rice. Ideally, you're not cooking for yourself. That's part of their philosophy. But if you, um, if you must, you must, you know, everybody get it. But if you can let yourself off the hook, For four days, I assure you, you're going to be a kinder person. You're going to feel better on those four days. And the 24 days following or preceding are going to be a hell of a lot better because you're giving yourself grace and kindness. And you're going to be able to extend that to other people. When I'm nice to myself, I have a way easier time being nice to other people. When I'm bullying myself, I'm not fun. Like, I'm not fun to myself. I'm not fun to other people. Not a good time to deal with me. Like, sometimes I know when I'm cranky and I'm dealing with Max, my dog, And I know I'm being a jackass to him. Like, I know I'm just being frustrated. And then, you know, he'll give me a look. He'll turn his head to the side. And he's like, really? Like, he just, I can, you know, he looks at me. He's like, really? Is that, like, are you that frustrated? And so sometimes he puts me, you know, of course, taking advice from my dog. I've already said I should be more like my dog in many ways. Um, But it's eye-opening, truly, to just let yourself off the hook. And I know men don't go through this. And so for the men, if you're still with me here, I get that, you know, maybe you're like, well, I want four days off a month. It's like, okay, negotiate that with your partner. Or if you don't have a partner, like, all right, negotiate that with your boss. Life is a negotiation. Everything is about selling your piece. And so if it's you getting a teammate to cover you for you for four days, it takes some planning. Like it does. I will say it takes some pre-planning. You've got to be proactive about this. And that's the kicker. That's where people don't, where people fall off. They're like, no, I'll just take a pill every day. Leave me alone or no, I'll just take Tylenol day before. Like that's enough pre-planning for me. And it's like, cool. Like if this, if something works for you, I'm not one to (laughs) not here to intervene in anyone's life. I'm simply here to say the ramifications were too large for me and what was at stake was too large and it wasn't an actual solution it was a band-aid and that's not what i wanted anymore so if you want to experiment with a new option it's going to take pre-planning it's going to take asking for help talk about why i didn't do it for a long time asking for help can be terrifying um and and it's going to take right letting yourself off the hook or some like I don't know what that is kindness to yourself which is hard. That's really hard. It's like I have stuff to do. Why? What do you mean? 4 days a month. But you can use the time like I said for reading, for um considering what you want to let go of in your life, like kind of like a cleaning of your mind as well. So on the Indian side of things in terms of the recommendations from Ayurveda, you know, you're not supposed to sleep during the day, but you can do light And not even too much mentally, right? Like it's really supposed to be rest. But like contemplation, if you want to meditate, it's a good time to, again, maybe some journaling, light stuff. Uh, That's just what works for me. I mean, up to you. I actually like recording voice notes also. As you can tell, I enjoy talking. So sometimes I'll just record a voice note to myself. I don't even like, I don't have to put it on a podcast. I can just record it. And I find it immensely helpful. So pre-planning. Ask for help, let yourself off the hook for those four days. Start with one day, get somebody to watch your kid, get somebody to watch your dog, just try. And the thing is, is that one day, so sometimes it helps, but I find it's not enough. Like, again, the sweet spot for me is four days. Figure out what works for you. It's an iterative process. It's not gonna be the magic pill right away. Probably it might be, and I hope it is, Um, you know, but get your affairs in order. Ask for help from who you need it from. And then perhaps you return the favor. Like, you know, if you've got a neighbor cooking for you or whatever, it's like, okay, hey, I've got you next week or whenever you... I mean, if your cycles are synced, then that's another female phenomenon. Who knows? But, you know, fi- figure it out. Figure it out on your block. Like, get beer in your in an apartment building. Like, find your friends. This is what should be normalized for women. Supporting each other. Supporting each other during normal bodily functions. I've seen a huge uptick in women at, talking about um abortion and miscarriages trying to also normalize something that happens so often but is hushed away. And this whole idea of hushing away f- feminine health, fem- reproductive processes, you know, women's well-being. It's just it's enough, you know? Like we're we have come far far. We've come very far. And even for not women, anybody else, like people, you know? It's like if something's afflicting you, let's find a real solution that's sustainable, that isn't going to harm your body, that includes other people that makes you feel cared for and supported. That's another thing. If you feel I know that I can rely on my husband for 4 days. It's like I need these days. Can can I count on you? And it's like, "Yep, I've got your back." That oh, that sigh of relief of like it's going to be okay. And that I can let myself off the hook for four days is brilliant. And I know I'm lucky. I have a husband. Great. You can. And there there are times where if I'm traveling or something, maybe he's not around. So I have to do it for myself. So it's not always just, oh, you have a husband. So like, again, we can talk ourselves out of this stuff. But I want to impress on you that if it's important, you will find a way. So rather than using external judgments or what everyone else is doing, if This is meaningful to you. Try it out. See how it goes. Would love to hear from you. And I appreciate you listening to a bit of my journey and what I saw and what worked and what didn't. And I hope that if you're going through any phase of this yourself that you find respite in the fact that you're not alone. There are many people going through this and you need to find the group of people, group of women going through what you're going through, whatever that is, that are responding to it in a way that makes you that that's resonant to you, and that feels good. Because if it feels good to you, if you agree with it if, it, if you agree with it philosophically, then you're going to adopt their approaches to resolution, and you're going to feel good about that, whatever that is. So, I wish for you to have resolution in any health issues you have, for you to feel great, because that's how we're meant to feel and sending you so much love, and thanks for listening to this episode, and I would love it if you subscribed, liked, commented, reviewed, whatever, the different mechanism, depending on the platform, or if you send me a cup of coffee, or join a subscription to get the behind the scenes cool stuff, I would love that, and most of all, would love your feedback, so if any of this was helpful, triggering, you didn't like it, wasn't useful, you want a different format, let me know. I am doing this, yes, for me to be able to share. But of course, ultimately, it's for anyone that listens to, to gain value from what I'm sharing. So please feel free and I wish you an amazing rest of your day.